This is John Floridas. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. Today we welcome the Nordic Americana of Meta Kierkegaard. Warm in the candlelight, the stars up in the sky, and I can feel the glow bringing me close to heaven.
This is John Floridus. Welcome to Musicians Spotlight. I'm very pleased today to be speaking by phone all the way from Copenhagen to singer-songwriter Mette Kierkegaard. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I guess here in Montana, as we do this interview, I can say, um, Gomorren. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> I think it's Gomorren. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. That's right. Yeah. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> Not in. No. Just just, just morning. Go. Go morning. Uh, but for you, am I correct? It would be uh, go often. Go often, exactly, because it's uh, it's over seven p.m. Here is like what you call nineteen o'clock Copenhagen time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this is wonderful. I think that this is the very first interview that I have done by phone internationally and calling across the Atlantic Ocean. So this is uh, this is a lot of fun. Wow. And I will tell listeners that uh, Meta's website is metakierkegaard.com. I will spell that for listeners, M-E-T-T-E-K-I-R-K-E-G-A-A-R-D.com. And her most recent recording, if I have this correctly, is Simple Matters, right? Exactly, John. Okay. It's the right. Thank you. Yes, and we'll be talking about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Meta has released several albums and uh, is based out of Copenhagen. And she describes her music as Nordic Americana. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And there is a couple of really cool connections going on here that are leading to this interview, one being a Montana connection to your work. And we're going to dig into that a little bit deeper. But I, <laughs> I just have to tell listeners this whole, uh, this whole Danish um, invasion of, <laughs> of my life here recently that has been really interesting in the sense that uh, uh, you had reached out to Montana Public Radio and reached out to me to make a connection by doing an interview. And in the meantime, I got obsessed with the television show Borgen and uh, remembering that my mother and uh, niece had studied there in, in Copenhagen and uh, friends as well. And then a, another friend recently re referred me to a book called The Year of Living Danishly. So all these Danish things are coming together at the same time that are <laughs> leading, leading me to doing this interview, which I think is really yeah. fun. Um, but tell us what brought you to reach out to Montana Public Radio. Yeah, the thing is that I I, I co-wrote uh, some songs to my latest album with Costas Lazaridis, uh, who is uh, live who lives in Montana, and um, and I was actually interviewed in another podcast uh, in in uh, I think uh, West Virginia or so, and uh, and then I forgot completely about Costas, and I remember I sent you know the podcast to him and then later realized <laughs> oh my god we, we forgot to talk about him and then i thought later actually um i have you know it should be in in montana public radio because uh, there's a story here that i think would be interesting for for readers and listeners in in montana and it it has not been out before in america so i thought it was the right place Yes, well, <laughs> very much so, very much so. We're very happy that you reached out to us. Let's just go right to that connection, that Costas connection, and how you two came together, and then then how that led to the recording, uh, or the, first of all, the writing of those songs, mm. and then how the album yeah. came about. Well, it's an interesting story. I would let's let's go to the 
to the end at first. <laughs> I am waving to a man, and his name is Costas, and he's, uh, he's, he's jumping into his car with his little dog, Bella. And when he is waving me goodbye, I'm thinking, remember the, this moment, because this there has been some very beautiful moments meeting this great songwriter from Montana, and now he's driving back to Montana. Remember that dreams actually do, do come true and remember these good memories on not so you know memorable days so this is the last mm. glimpse i have of him from the first time i met him and then going back to how i met him that was in in um, in the the house of songs in austin and it's a place for international songwriters and they they meet local songwriters from austin and then they co-write but eventually costas was Go, uh, coming to Austin and then uh, the network in Austin songwriters network they were reaching out to the house of song to ask if there would be space for uh, Costas and uh, and then I they asked me because I was the only one in the house and uh, is it okay that he will uh, stay there a few days and then I said well that's okay this man with a little dog he was coming and <laughs> and then uh, we began to talk quite well together and uh, and then uh, eventually, one of the last days, he said, uh, can I please listen to some of your draft songs? And then I, he offered to, to co-write with me on the songs. And uh, I had just two drafts at this time, and I had been thinking, who can help me with these songs, finishing them? And one song is about, uh, actually it's called Memory Mile, about all the memories and how we can recall them and uh, cherish them. And I was thinking, who can help me with this song? And it needs to be someone who is kind of not young because it needs to be someone who understands life and uh, how it is to be old and, you know, and, and sitting on a bench and, you know, feeling life perhaps mm. in, in the later stages. And then suddenly he was there. So I, I'm very grateful for this meeting. It was kind of, you know, changing my life. I felt it like a next step on my career path. I, I felt that shivering, you know, when we really know that something came and passed through our lives and it, it did make a change. I feel it right now, the shivering. <laughs> Through empty streets Another glimpse of you Always a heartache you meet An old man sitting in the midnight rain Looking for the strength To meet his luck again You're like a memory mile I see Coming back to me you're like a memory mile I see Always coming back to me Hoping to get my life back Still driving branded wrecks Trying to break even And take another step Hey, I don't need a cure 
to be unlikely. One thing is for sure, you're still out of reach. You're like a memory mile I see coming back to me. You're like a memory mile I see always coming back to me. You're like a memory mile I see coming back to me. You're like a memory mile I see always coming back to me. I have an eye for weakness that I can thank you for. I have an eye for weakness. You always open that door. Just take what you need. Let go of the rest. I buried you cheap. It's all for the best. You're like a memory mile I see coming back to me. You're like a memory mile I see always coming back to me. You're like a memory mile I see. Coming back to me, you're like a memory mile I see, always coming back to me. You're coming back to me. You're coming back to me. Always coming back to me. We're speaking with Meta Kierkegaard, calling from Copenhagen, and we're talking to her about her songwriting process and, and her career. Meta, I wanted to ask you, we were talking about uh, Costas. Many of our listeners will undoubtedly be familiar with Costas, but for some reason, listeners are not. Uh, he is a gentleman who uh, moved to Montana from Greece and played around the state for, for many, many years and moved to Nashville and became an incredibly successful songwriter, uh, writing hit songs for all kinds of country artists, the Dixie Chicks and, and many others. Trisha Yearwood, I think, maybe. Mavericks. Yeah, the Mavericks, and, and is a member of the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yeah. And someday we have to get him on the show. We've tried to do that a couple of times, but we have to get him on the show. But that's who we're speaking of when we're speaking of Costas. When you collaborated with him uh, and, you, and you mentioned you had these songs that were in draft form and yeah. you were looking for someone to, to maybe co-write with, yeah. is that a process that you have done before? In other words, the idea of collaborative yes. writing like that? Yes, uh, I think I've done it in like 17 years or so. I began in Denmark. I went to a songwriter's course with a woman called Annette Bjergfeldt who had been to Texas. And uh, and she made these workshops. And uh, this was the first time I began to kind of re-edit my songs. And um, so that was kind of, I, I learned that, uh, that you could sort of co-write. But this was with Danish people I was co-writing. And then later, mm-hmm. 
Later, I went to to Galway to the IMRO, the the Irish Society of you know like ASCAP, just an island, and they also have uh, I don't know if if they still have it, but they had a workshop in uh, in Galway. And uh, and then I co-wrote some songs with some uh, you know international artists, and and then I began to see that it was important to challenge yourself with kind of people with uh, a native language in English. If I wanted to to perform in English, it was good. And um, and then from there, I've just whenever I feel that there could be some kind of you know chemistry between me and the other songwriter and in their works and. Uh, then I, I've tried to see if I could co-write with them. So, yeah, and that's pretty much the process. So it's kind of maybe never ending. Meta, I wanted to ask you about something very basic and obvious. Yeah. Listening back to some of your earlier material mm-hmm. uh, that I was listening to on iTunes, listening to that earlier material, it's in Danish. Yeah. And so I'm always fascinated by musicians who are able to sing in different languages. And my question is, you know, this most recent recording, Simple Matters, is in English. Do you find a difference in trying to express yourself in either language? Well, uh, trying to express myself different in in different languages, I think it's it's because the Danish language is different. It's... uh, it's like a language is not just a language. A language is also the culture. And and uh, I feel that the Danish culture is more like uh, you don't reveal your emotions so much. as So the language does not contain the same vocabulary, the same poetic vocabulary as the English does. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Go you, ahead. You can sort of go back and imagine the Vikings. The Vikings were from Denmark and Iceland, and they 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 went out on raids, and they were not very empathetic, right? They just killed and <laughs> raped. <laughs> yeah, and not I, and I not think, by reputation, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this image that the you know the the words are very kind of sh- sharp and hard in the Danish, just like also Finnish language and stuff is like. Uh, let me just explain. Like, uh, I'm going for a walk. That was the same. Can, did you hear the difference? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> so there are a lot of, uh, what do you call it, uh, syllables in, in the language and kind of B, T, K, and where the English is more kind of you know, soft and mellow. So it's more kind of poetic. So... In that way, you can say I'm Danish, but I am for the poetic language in English. Do you find ever a time when you write a song, let's say in Danish, and then you think, oh, wait, this actually might work better in English or vice versa? Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. I do it many times. I I begin in one language and then I change to the other language. I've done it several times. And... um, I, I still prefer the English, but for example, there's a song called Foreign Pines on the, that I it's co-written with Johan Wagner from Austin, and uh, it's a really cool song in in English. But then I decided to rewrite it and and then uh, you know translate it into Danish. And Johan he actually prefers it now in Danish, and uh, it 
gained a lot of you know exposure here in Denmark so it's like people really like it in Danish so it, it actually gave it an extra color This is John Floridas. You're listening to Musicians Spotlight, and I'm speaking by phone today with Meta Kierkegaard. She is speaking to us from Copenhagen. And Meta, I wanted to dive right into Copenhagen. And yeah. a lot of times when I'm speaking to musicians from, well, it doesn't matter where they're from. Uh, the other day I was talking to a wonderful singer from um, uh, from the South Carolina Sea Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiana Parler is her name. And I asked her to just describe that area for our listeners and kind of take us there. So I'm going to ask you, uh, I know it's a big question, but take us to Copenhagen. I've never been there, of course, as I said, my my mother and my niece have been there. I've had friends from there and so forth. But um, just kind of give us a little taste of Copenhagen from, from your standpoint. My version of Copenhagen 
Uh, I would go to the coastline of Copenhagen. We have some beautiful beaches and uh, and we have a little piece slice of a beach that is a bit like uh, on in Los Angeles, like um, some of the Mon- Santa Monica, like uh, just a little slice mm. of it, the beach, yeah. And then I would go, I have a park, the biggest park in Copenhagen. I would take walks in this park and see dogs and uh, different kind of bird life. And then I would also go to Tivoli, the big amusement park, and um, and I would probably go on a bike and then uh, bike around Copenhagen to see the northern part of Copenhagen where we have the ethnic areas and the student areas and also beer bars and music, live music, uh, rent um an electric car, we have this kind of share now concept and you can rent a car and an electric and then you can drive up the northern coastline then you can drive all the way up to a place called Tisville and there's a beautiful beach and when you walk on this beach your phone stops working for just like a little time and then Mm. you can just take a walk barefoot and then walk through the sand and then you know refresh your mind and that's that's probably some of the best places I know here Nu 
back with more of our visit with Meda Kierkegaard on Musicians Spotlight. Welcome back to Musicians Spotlight and our visit with Meda Kierkegaard. Hey you with that big fat smile do you still remember when we crossed that extra mile to catch a train to Arizona? I recall you sleeping in a first-class Amtrak train made out sixties noisy steel. Well, the driver blew in his horn all night again, and every crossing we could. This old train will do me some good This old train will do me some good You told me stories you thought I would hear You with your free tickets to anywhere Since the dark woman creeping near When you said you didn't care Took it all for granted And now we're stranded This old train will do us some good We took it all for granted And now we're stranded This old train will do us some good A smile and some dust And a memory of you A smile and some rust And a memory of you A train Stop a man resets his journey's path to go back to his past. Leaving steam, but he'll never forget what once was running through his veins so fast. How I loved your smile, loved your character, loved every darkest night this short time. Tastes better than the finest wine 
This old train will do me some good This old train will do me some good A smile, some dust And a memory of you A smile, some rust And a memory of you A smile, some dust And a memory of you Med, I want to talk a little bit about your introduction to music and when yeah. that happened and the kind of things that you mentioned a little bit about the traditional folk music that influenced you. But if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you also had a good immersion in Anglo-American folk and jazz music at an early age yeah. and uh, specifically from your mom, if I, if I have that yes. correct. Talk about that yeah, a little bit, how cool. you, how music, you know, came into your life and then you made the decision to move forward with it and have it be something that was really important. Yeah. Yeah. My mother, she was an English teacher and uh, she was teaching teachers to teach uh, pupils English in school. And uh, she was very fond of uh, British and American folk music from kind of some British folk musicians and also traditionals, and then to Scottish, and then to Americans like uh, John Bies, Bob Dylan, and uh, there was also one Beatles record, Elna Rigby. It was kind of the little sad, you know, and mellow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I recall that um, that when I, I, I played these records when I was about round eight or nine, I put them on her record player, and uh, I really liked Joan Baez. I thought this voice was just so, you know, pure. And so I, I, I began just to studying her, and then I recall we also went to Malta, and there was also some folk singer there, and then I also liked those, but it was the female voices that kind of attracted my mm. attention. Mm. Yeah, I... It was kind of, you know, I was learning from these singers. This is what I really liked. She was kind of my favorite, Joan Baez. And then at what point it's did just, you... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then I, I my mother, she also bought a, a used guitar, an Oscar Teller guitar she bought in 1964, I think, or something. And then she also had this in our home, and then I began to, to sort of play on it. And then I, I began to play in the second uh, year of school. And uh, I learned some chords, and uh, she showed me some books she had also, and, and this was the beginning. And then I just continued listening to her albums when she was playing them, and then I actually began to listen to uh, pop music. I bought a little uh, tape recorder and listened to Video Killed the Radio Star. <laughs> you remember that? Of course, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was my first tape. So actually, I felt like I was kind of a pop kind of type. But then when I was, uh, I think, around in my teen, teen years, then I began to play in a band where we were playing some kind of crossover music, like kind of rock and folk music, Danish folk. And, uh, and uh, after this, the band, they split. And then after this, I began to write my own songs. This is after high school, a music high school. And then... 
it was just like they were sign they sounded like folk and then i just <laughs> thought okay <laughs> okay well i don't know what's happening but it's kind of folk it's kind of maybe some pop folk but it was kind of you know when i played on the guitar at the same time it sounded like folk music and uh, yeah it's kind of weird because i was thinking sometimes i should do pop music but you know I do folk music. <laughs> I grew up with my my the inspiration from my mom was very kind of folky and uh, so that's it. tradition allows you to to talk about some interesting themes 
later on I was introduced to listening to Mary Chapin for example oh. I like this kind of yeah yes she's been on the program before I've interviewed her a couple yeah. times Mary Chapin Carpenter <laughs> she's one of the best okay. songwriters I think that she's one of the most underrated yeah. songwriters of all time I think she's fantastic well I, I, she she has been mentioned in Denmark but but I I I, I find her very inspiring especially in the later years I've, you know some of yeah, it's just beautiful, you know, the way she's she's expressing stuff. And um, so, yeah, I mean, when I, I later on, I, I went to New York two months. And uh, I remember when I was there, I met some musicians and they said, uh, go and listen to Mary Chapin and Alison Krauss. Those are the two you should mm. listen to. But there was another one, Sarah McLaughlin. Sure, Nicole. of course. Yeah. So, uh, so, but again, the voices who are pretty good at, you know, not traditional, but they're very kind of, their voices are very, you know, you can hear the tradition therein, right? And they're kind of solid mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, and strong voices. Oh, so you lived in New York yeah. for a while. I lived two months there. I was on a study trip. I, there was a, there was a jazz musician in Denmark. He heard my... I was rehearsing at the the musicology study where I took a minor elective module, and then I was re- uh, rehearsing. And then he said, "Wow, your your songs! It sounds like uh, what they are playing in New York in small cafes." And then uh, I uh, suddenly I got the offer to go to New York, on and then I went there two months, and then I played in in cafes and this is when I got new inspiration and heard about Mary Chapin and the other. So in that way, that was actually where I began to see that it could be possible actually to perform really like uh, with your with your own songs. It was happening in New York, so it could also happen in Denmark. Hmm. But the thing is, in Denmark, usually you would have to be signed to a big record label. So you didn't hear so many you know, people just playing the guitar, they would usually bring a band. You didn't really hear just a, a singer with a guitar uh, sitting in a cafe and playing. So in that way it has changed mm. because now you both have the open mics and you also have solo gigs and and people, uh, you know, releasing records without having a big label or just doing it themselves or indie labels. All the same, like it has also developed this way in, in the States now, I, I guess. Yes. Oh, very and, much so. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, so I took something from the States and brought back to Denmark. And then I was just hooked on this songwriting tradition. And um, I also asked uh, my mom, she had a colleague, Rod Sinclair is his name. And he's Scottish, but he was teaching English in in another place in Denmark. And I sent my first demo to him to hear what what did you think about. And then he said that the songs they were kind of it sounded like uh, my language at this time sounded like I was from New York, but with the, but from New Jersey. Oh. Or something about <laughs> except for the Z, the S, or the Z when you say that word, you know. So. But he he actually gave a good uh, recommendation and and said that the, he liked the songs. It was kind of um, the songs are like non photographic images of from the inner universe or something like that. Mm, something mm. like yeah. So and um, yeah, and then I began to play with another guitar player, uh, Theo Hoygaard. He's a jazz 
guitar player, but jazz was good because uh, he sort of lifted my uh, my guitar and sort of gave it a lot of life at, at when it was a live you know performance. So and then we played some years, and then I wanted to challenge myself, and then I changed to becoming kind of a, I met a, a producer in Berlin who is his roots is from America and. Uh, and we recorded uh, the album or the EP Drywood. And th- this was kind of more pop folk like Americana. This is when we came upon the idea of the genre Nordic Americana. It happened in Berlin. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. he said, your, your genre is like, you know, Nordic and then Americana. So that's, um, yeah. Now I'm starting the whole story, you know. <laughs> Your eyes will see again in darkness 
Listening to Musicians Spotlight. I'm John Floridas. We are joined by phone today by singer-songwriter Meta Kierkegaard, who is calling us from Copenhagen, Denmark, where it is eight hours ahead of us here in Montana. So again, thanks so much for making time for us here on the program. I wanted to get into some other stuff that you do, Meta, and I know that you work with hospice patients and mm-hmm. using music. And I wanted to find out a little bit more about what that entailed. Well, I mean, they asked me one time in a in a songwriters unit. They were looking for songwriters who wanted to to give some concerts, volunteer volunteer, tear and uh, perform their own songs or whatever they wanted. So I decided to say yes, and then I I it's like you give a short concert, and usually you give it in the the living room, and then it's like. There can be like 10 people or 25 if you also have relatives coming. And it's a very beautiful experience. It's not kind of scary or I people say that it can be scary because someone can be very sick and then suddenly leave the room and stuff. But I have always felt that it's kind of a very spiritual experience. And I remember there was a woman she sent me afterwards this uh, review where she said, thank you so much. Uh, for the concert my father he had been so confused for days and in that hour when you were performing he was so he was clear you know and now now he's again you know unclear so it was kind of a beautiful moment that she could you know remember for the future when he wasn't there anymore I see the picture table What's left to say The lukewarm coffee spilled juice In your mama's cottage What a way to start And I am what I am And your 
MetaKierkegaard.com. I will spell that one more time. M-E-T-T-E-K-I-R-K-E-G-A-A-R-D. MetaKierkegaard.com. That's the name of the website. And I would encourage folks to find you on social media as well. As I said, you've got some real nice and fun stuff there about your music, about uh, just things about your life and dancing. There's a lot of dancing on your uh, <laughs> Instagram yeah. Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it kind of reflects the fact that uh, I just read amongst my immersion into things Danish recently that... It is the, I think, first or second happiest country in in one of, one of the polls that they've done on, on measuring. It's not happiness. the first one anymore. No. <laughs> you got bumped off. It's who, not anymore. Who, yeah, who I think Finland. Finland. I think it's Finland. Oh, Finland. Yeah. Right. I don't know why, but uh, they, they, yeah, we are not the most happy anymore. <laughs> so uh, Still plenty happy, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of strange, but they took over. So, but anyway, I don't think we would ever understand why we are, why we are the most happy people. But anyway, we are. Yeah. It turns out. So, well, um, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we are very happy that you made time to, to speak with us here on Musician Spotlight, and uh, what <laughs> a great, so great uh, connection here. 
uh, with a Mon great Montana connection and uh, bringing yeah. your music to us and us to you. And I want to thank you mm -hmm. again for being a guest on Musician Spotlight. And I hope that you get over here to Montana again and we get a chance to I visit face so. to face. Now, am I correct? I would end this interview by saying talk. Yes, thank you. Tuck. <laughs> and you hear it is tuck. Tuck. Like ah, ah, tuck. Tuck. Yeah, it's like the tuck. You just think if you had a potato in your mouth and then you say tuck. <laughs> I'll have to try that to <laughs> practice. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy. Just a potato. Well, talk to you and uh, we hope to get a chance to visit down the road. I really appreciated this interview. Thank you so much. This is John Floridus. You've been listening to Musicians Spotlight. Our guest today has been Meda Kierkegaard. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so through the Montana Public Radio website, mtpr.org, as well as through our own website, musicianspotlight.org. You can also find us online on Facebook and on Twitter. Our program is available as a podcast from those websites, as well as through iTunes and Spotify. Musicians Spotlight is a production of Montana Public Radio.